Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice and the UAE Tour 2021 Stage 6 recap. We've got on loop tomorrow. Tomorrow we will have the double header, two world tour races. No, three even, Benji. Got the yes. men and women's on loop as well as the UAE Tour Stage 7, the final stage recap. That's going to be an absolute banger of a podcast. Hopefully there's a crazy on loop in both men and women's tomorrow. So save yourself. Maybe plan a long ride. Plan a long ride on Sunday. We know that you know no one listening to this probably has any friends, so um, they'll need wow. to fill in the hours. Um, <laughs> need to fill in the hours on Sunday on the solo ride. Uh, but getting into this UAE Tour Stage 6, Benji, was pretty flat once again. It was uh, the Dubai stage from Dubai to Palm Jumeirah in 165Ks, two intermediate sprints, and just not that, uh, yeah, nothing really of note in the profile. It's clearly going to be a sprint. There was some crosswind action, which you'll tell us about in a second, but the wind wasn't insane either. I just want to quickly mention, if you want to go and check out our show partner on Instagram, LaCole, uh, you can check their Instagram out. The link is below. They just dropped the announcement of the uh, Drops cycling kit that they've uh, obviously collaborated with Drops uh, with. So the Drops is a women's cycling team based in uh, Britain. They're quanti level, but I think they've got big plans to move up to um, yeah world tour level in the future. They were only founded in 2015. So Drops LaCole supported by Tempur. They just dropped a pretty colourful kit. So go and check it out. Well, I'm actually going to sh- I'll show it in the YouTube video overlay to see uh, and give your opinions in the comments down below whether you like it or not. I personally like the more colour, the better in my view. Benji, this stage, it was going to be a sprint stage for Bennett, Ewan, Ackerman and co, unless it was a hell of a lot of crosswind. What happened with the breakaways and was there any echelon action? So we saw a breakaway pretty early on without any echelon action at the start of the stage. Tony Galopin for Gisela Mondial, Lutsenko. We also had Luis Leon Sanchez, Latinu, Attila Walter, and Elos Guy from Movistar. So uh, Walter went into a breakaway on a flat stage, unfortunately. Uh, every single time during the Giro last year, we were, we were rooting that he would go in the break in a mountain stage, but he did it on a flat stage today. That's interesting. Um, when it comes to the breakaway, they had a bit of a gap, but it wasn't like the break was going to make it today. At a certain point, there was a bit of a, a space where they left the wide, big roads and they went into a a small private area of private houses and so forth. And the road went from like four lanes to two lanes with like road furniture in the middle. And unfortunately, that caused a crash. Then his riders were down. Florian Stork, who we spoke about quite a lot in the last two episodes, three episodes on the two climbs, he did pretty well. He unfortunately had to abandon the race. I have no clue about his injury, so we'll have to take a look at DSM's social media channels to see if it's hopefully not bad. The thing about it is, why do they need to go through a private area for like a half a kilometer to then go on the wide roads again? Likely for financial interests and so forth, but 
that's unfortunately the the world of commercialized cycling. But um, yeah, it caused a crash this time around. Um, a bit later, they had the echelons with around 67 kilometers to go. We saw that we were heading out of the village and, well, city. <laughs> it's not a village. And the wind started getting into a, a proper area for, for crosswinds. Uh, we kind of left from the ocean and then allowed for proper tail crosswinds as well. And we had an echelon. And the thing about it is, when I think about echelons, I think about the big guns, the big time trial types that are also out there and so forth. But one of the riders that missed out on a split of the two groups was Filippo Ganna. And I don't think it's the first time. I think as well in the last echelon, he was also missing. So I'm not sure if that's weakness of him, the positioning pre-echelons, or if his inside on reacting to that is not up to standards. Maybe I'm just looking to look at this point, but uh, just noticed that he was once again missing out on it. Yates was in the first one, though, and we saw one of the the riders from Ineos in between the two echelons. I think it was Sosa or Martinez, either one of the two, trying to survive or hang on to the first echelon, then drop back and try and come back to it, but it seriously was not working. Wouldn't surprise me if it was Sosa on paper. Um, uh, echelons eventually led to nothing because Quickstep tried to push it forward 30, 40 seconds, and Bora was basically sitting in a third, fourth, fifth wheel in that in that little echelon train. But the moment that Quickstep said, we're going to hammer it even more and had three riders at the front, it looked like Archbold was moving up as third rider there and the Bora riders didn't follow him. So you can't really make a proper echelon happen or make a difference in an echelon if the riders behind you are not working with you and if you're basically riding alone. And another thing I noticed is when Quickstep decided to and fall back because it was clearly not working because Bora wasn't helping them out at that point. A minute later, Bora went to the front and tried to make Echelon. So perhaps at that point, they were like, oh, there's a sprinter behind. Let's let's kick in and help out. But just surprise me. The thing about Echelons is you kind of need to use the, well, the full width of the road to make it extremely effective because then you force other riders to be in an area where they have to battle against the wind more. And... Bora didn't really seem to do that because they only did echelons for like half the road and that isn't going to be super effective because it kind of bulges up the entire peloton behind them. And yeah, I think that's one they, of the reasons that it also go, didn't really work out. You yeah. mean they should be they should go narrower on a narrower side of the road and so yeah. that there's less yeah, yeah. Like they I I saw what you meant with Bora Hans Girl. Yeah, they were they were creating like six, seven rider like depth because these roads are so wide, to sit behind them and that's not going to split it unless people are really tired already, the wind's really strong or you're really strong and none of those things were in play. Ideally, you want to do what Ineos or Kwiatkowski do. You ride three riders width away from the gutter and then have your riders in a little pocket behind you, close in, and then ride max, rotate within yourselves and then eventually... Other, the other riders will be facing the wind behind you, probably not that far behind you, and they'll drop off eventually. Someone will break the link in the chain and then it's all over. Um, but, yeah, Bora not been a great UAE tour for them so far. Pretty much all came back together. I mean, we'll, let's skip forward to it's all together. They've come into Dubai. Grugier for Astana attacks, uh, I think, just to get some camera time for Astana. Lutsenko had gotten the break again. 
So Astana obviously keen to make something of this UAE tour. They haven't had a big result yet. Lutsenko unlucky yesterday. And then you can see everyone getting in formation, Benji. Um, Quickstep, Shane Archibald talking to Bennett, Ackerman. But then this finish, they do like an – we're now into the last 10 kilometres. Obviously going to be a sprint at this point. They go into Dubai. There's this underpass. And to get onto the underpass to go, I don't know the geography of Dubai too well, uh, but it's to cross some sort of water, some water area, and they need a tunnel to go under it or some highways. And to get onto the <laughs> tunnel, there's like a, a left to right bend, and then uh, it like narrowed a little bit. And we saw the Sabatini crash, Benji, with uh, who else was it? Uh, it was Sobrera for Movistar. But Sabatini is the, is the last man, I think, for Cofidis, for Viviani. Um, and I don't know who I don't know who the rider in blue crashed, but I was just focused on Sabatini, uh, the Cofidis rider, and we thought, oh no, Viviani, like that's that's exactly what he doesn't need. More bad luck. Um, but yeah, going into the finish, Benji, did you could you describe the final kilometer or fifteen hundred meters and where you wanted to be set up for this sprint? Uh, given the wind direction and the narrowing of the road, so basically they're on a on a bit of a section where there's the ocean on the left side, and they have a wide road just lining next to the ocean, and that road gets a bit narrower as we go into the final kilometer, and that's where a lot of sprinters missed their chance or made their chance today. We had a situation where again Merku being the splendid lead out he is just riding obviously ahead of Bennett with Bennett in the wheel, Bennett sticking to his wheel once again. And Merku is generally the kind of rider that somehow makes his way through every situation that he gets in. The problem is nobody else really has a Merku in their team. And we notice that the moment that I think with 800 meters to go, you've got the Ackermann Bora train that's lined up somewhat in the middle with three, four riders. I think three riders at that point. Akemon being in third wheel of that, Bauhaus being just in the wheel of Akemon for Bahrain. And then on the left side of the road, you have the two riders of the Koenig Quickstep who are riding, riding next to that Bora train. And that includes, well, Merku and Bennett. Archibald was already gone at that point. And behind Bennett, there was this fierce battle for his wheel. And I think that's where some sprinters lost their, lost their day today. And we can look at it from a point where the bias brings you in into the wheel of Bennett now. So it's not an ideal situation either. It's like from a certain point, Ewan always has to do it alone in these sprints. And that's the difference again between Bennett and Ewan that Ewan does not have that Merku in his team. And Ewan has to be forced to get on the wheel of Bennett himself. And then he has the problem that just left behind him, Decorous and right of him, not really behind him, but just next to him, Viviani is hanging out with Bauhaus next to that. And in that situation, Ewan obviously tries to follow the Bennett wheel, and he's relatively in the wheel, and that is where the road narrows. So you've got Bennett in front, Ewan in the wheel of Bennett, and Decker on the left and Viviani on the right, and the road narrows, so we see that Except. the riders who are on the far side of the right uh, road, yeah, sorry? Except Merku and Bennett are starting to move left a bit. They have to go around the Bahrain lead-out man. So Bennett is about to fall into the front wheel. Like, sorry, Bennett's back wheel is about to slot nicely 
into the in front of Decker's front wheel, but Ewan wants to follow him. So it's not like it's not like Ewan's in a straight line, Bennett's in a straight line. I think the quick step guys are moving left around Decker coming up this left hand side, saw that opportunity, and then Ewan's trying to follow through. And then Viviani, I mean, I don't feel like he had any right to be going for Bennett's wheel in that situation but there was wind as well i think coming from the left to the right in this sprint earlier on i think lot of sudal got in a bad spot once again at the one kilometer to go banner um they had they had numbers today in the last k but it looked for me one Merku is better than four lotto lead out men um they sort of that's true <laughs> seriously seriously i mean they had four guys around him at 1k but it was you and sprinting into this cross headwind trying to find wheels again. And then he's a small guy. I know maybe it's his fault, Benji. Like, do you think Ewan has told them he likes finding his own wheels and doing his own thing? Do you think he's just learned he has to do that? Or um, do you think their plan is to have like a proper full lead out for him and, to, and drop him off at 150 and they just not, can't do it? Like, what do you think it is? I think if there is a situation where Ewan says that he wants to do it alone, it's because he doesn't have that rider that he trusts to bring him to the position that he needs to be in. Again, he doesn't have that Merku. And if he had the likes of a Merku in his team, he would likely trust his lead out more than fully himself trying to find wheels because it's always more ideal if someone else spends the efforts and you can just free will in the wheel and get to the position you need to be in because that's generally what Bennett is doing and Ewan cannot. If it is his own decision, it's likely based on what he has seen in previous sprints that it is likely to give him more than, yeah, than having the bias in there as well. So, yeah, I think that and it just leaves him. The combination it just of, leaves him fighting. Yeah. It just leaves yeah. him fighting with Decker, eighty kilos, Bauhaus, eighty plus kilos, Ackerman, eighty kilos, Bennett, big guy, Viviani, low key, strong, big guy too. And he's having to fight and protect his front wheel from all of them. Um, so sorry, Benji, that was a long way of you are now at the point where there's 800 meters to go and there's this scrap for the for Bennett's wheel. What what ended up? How did that resolve itself? The three way scrap for Bennett's wheel on the left hand side with 800 left left between Decker, Ewan, and Viviani. Well, because of that road narrowing and the Koenig moving up a bit to the left, it meant that Viviani, who was trying to lean into that same position that Ewan has then also moves to the left. And we know that Decker is on the left side of Ewan and is also trying to get that position. So we got a, a bit of a three-way just division straight into the wheel of Bennett. And obviously that's a plain Ewan sandwich at that point. Ewan is the lightest of them all. He's likely not to get the advantage here with a tank like Decker who's moving up on the left. Ewan tries to use his head to try and nudge Decker a tiny bit to the left. I don't see it as a bash like we saw already in the past, like I think Sagan was a proper bash in uh, in the Tour de France last year. Uh, I don't think this is that. And, we'll know, it's, and what Ewan did to Philipson in Tour Down Under, it's not as bad as that. I think no. this was more self-preservation as he was getting squeezed, his front wheel squeezed by these two guys. And I, I think Decker, it didn't even bother Decker. But what about the... The, the big issue was when Viviani pushed into him, Benji. I think Viviani pushed him into Decker and then he ping-ponged off Decker. Um, Do you have Viviani more yeah. at fault there for squeezing Ewan or Ewan for just putting himself in that spot and not just breaking out of it? 
Uh, it's really hard to notice because like on the right of Viviani you've got Bauhaus basically doing the same thing to Viviani. It's not as serious, but Viviani's reaction was probably as a consequence of Bauhaus moving in as well. And perhaps he moved in a bit too much to Ewan there. I, I don't really see anyone at fault for taking a wheel and smashing someone to the side or anything here, but it's just very unfortunate for Ewan that he's basically sandwiched in between there and has to offer up his position or or potentially crash. And yeah, I don't know if I totally blame either of these riders personally. What's your uh, take on this? I just think, yeah, it was just everyone fighting for Bennett's wheel. These things are going to happen when one man's a, a marked man. Decker's super aggressive. He puts himself in these spots. I don't think it's dirty, but it's definitely he aggressively claims wheels. Um, he's not shouldered barging or headbutting or elbowing anybody. But I might run through the final sprint now. Jackalman and Solders on the right-hand side. Second wheel's easily that man way too early. He's going to get dropped off early. DSM are on his wheel on the right-hand side with bowl fourth wheel deep. Probably, again, too early for them. Bora Hansgar in the middle, as Benji said. Ackerman, third wheel. And Merku brings Bennett up the left-hand side really strongly. Like you, you don't see anyone else do this. Merku's in the wind this early, bringing his sprinter up. Not only does he do that, he then slots on to Bora Hansgrohe's last lead-out man. Pascal Ackerman, big improvement today. He deliberately loses the wheel of his lead-out man, and he goes and tr slots onto Sam Bennett's wheel. They're now in the middles to the right-hand side of the road, sort of right last third of the road. Everyone now in the last 400, 500 metres. Last Bora lead-out man goes... But then David Decker comes over. He's remember he's been following Bennett up the left hand side, just like he followed tried to follow MVDP, just like he followed Bennett on stage four. Follows them up, and he just slots onto Bennett's wheel, and Ackerman yields Bennett's wheel to him. And it wasn't even an aggressive. This is my wheel rubbing shoulders, etc. Ackerman laid off the wheel a little bit and. Just allowed it, just pretty much gave it up. I think that was the big, big mistake for Ackerman in this sprint, giving up Bennett's wheel. Bora's last lead out man pulls off. Merku then, after bringing up Bennett, also does a lead out to the last 175 <laughs> on the right hand side of the road. <laughs> and then Bennett sprints to his right. There's one, there's one rider's width to the right of Merku, which Bennett fills. Merku didn't even do anything shady today. Like he didn't even swing out then afterwards. He, they didn't even need to. Uh, and because it was so late, if you follow Bennett on the right-hand side with how hard he's kicking, you're not going to have time to then come around him because he'll, you know, and then be, he's already a bike length ahead of you. You're not going to make up that given the quality of Bennett. So Bennett's on the right-hand side. Decker started sprinting at the same time as Bennett to the left-hand side of Merku. Viviani, similarly, Viviani to the left of, of Decker, following him as well as Ackerman. Ackerman. Um, did what he a minor version of what he did at Sheldepreis. Ackerman loves to be really deep in the sprint and then just swing as far left as possible to find the gap. Doesn't matter whose wheel is he might chop, nearly chop Bauhaus again today. I'm not a massive fan of it. Um, but Benny was just way too good. You see, when he kicked, it's, if you want to see the overhead shot, it's a great vision of the difference in speed. And I know Decker had to do a lot of work early, but Bennett and and Decker kick at the same time, and it's night and day just about. It was never in doubt with that sort of lead out. Um, and I think if Decker followed Bennett on the right-hand side, he would have got second. Viviani actually did do that. He followed Bennett on the right-hand side, got that slipstream, and got second with uh, – who came third, Benji? Was it Ackerman? 
I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was Ackerman. Ackerman third, Decker fourth, Kavidia fifth, Solo sixth. So what did you, do you disagree with any of my assessments of that sprint, Benji? Are there any details uh, I missed out? Am I overstating Ackerman's move? Um, and should we just crown Merku? We need to give him some sort of prize. Yeah, I think we need to crown Merku. Like, looking at it in a full picture <laughs> about Merku, the thing about Merku is that he's so good at adapting mid-sprint, it's crazy, like, in a situation of the last sprint that Bennett won this week, I think it was stage four, we saw that Merku was not needed to make the leadout at the front of the peloton. He didn't need to do the last leadout for a sprinter. And what he did there was he used himself to put Bennett in the perfect position to be able to launch from the height of the other sprinters to the left in that stage. And he decided, well, I'm not done yet. What I could do is I could also try and sprint a bit on the right so that everybody who's behind me has to go the entire long way around yes, around me. Exactly. And if he's sprinting there on purpose, then he's not doing anything shady. He's just taking that place, which is genius. And in this Cost situation, you. yeah, in this situation, he completely adapted the other way around where he didn't need to do any of that. He just needed to try and take the place of the Bora lead out that was going off the front at that point. And Merck was like, okay, I'm going to take that place. I'm going to do that because then Bennett can start a sprint in second position, the perfect position to start a sprint in. And it just was a beautiful lead out once again. Like, truly impressive too good. what Merck does. Those two, those two right now, the chemistry, and Bennett's been talking about it, every extra sprint. He said in the interview straight after every extra sprint we do, we just know each other better and better and the chemistry is getting better and better. And, geez, like... It's crazy. Bennett has full faith in Merku, and Merku puts him in the right spots. And I think that's why sometimes we see Bennett doing things that me and you might not like, particularly Benji, where he is paranoid about keeping Merku's wheel. And um, he knows if I follow Merku's wheel, I'm getting probably going to be in the best spot for a W. And then you got to acknowledge as well, no one's quicker than Bennett in that sprint, except we keep saying, and, and I'm guilty of it too, oh, well, well, Ewan's actually the quickest. Ewan's actually the quickest in the last 100 metres. It's like, yeah, okay, but is he there in the last 100 metres with the option to sprint? Yeah. Um, and you're seeing that Bennett just has that, you know, top finishing power, and I think he's going to win tomorrow as well, Benji. <laughs> like, I think... He's yeah. like because he's winning, but he's winning by a lot, and things can change. You know, one mistake and one bike length, you can go from first to tenth. But um, him and Merku is just too good, and Lotto will need to pick it up a lot tomorrow, and Ackerman as well. I actually think Ackerman's more likely to beat Bennett than Ewan. To be honest, Ackerman's improved from stage four to six. He showed foresight today that he knew he couldn't go too early again off Martin last lead out. He did get himself in good position. I think he just cost himself by letting Bennett's wheel go. Uh, but tomorrow's stage, yep. I already mentioned, stage seven from Yas Marina to Abu Dhabi Breakwater, 142Ks, two intermediate sprints, pancake flat, and uh, should be a sprint again. Don't think there's too much wind predicted. But uh, sorry, any last comments and thoughts on, on the sprint today, Benji? Any learnings or things you'll be following, sort of marking it down for, for uh, later in the season to follow? Yeah, I think we've been pretty obvious already. I think the mark of Bennett, Doe is shining at the moment. I think that's only going to get better as as much as they ride together. 
And I think the other sprinters will need to find some kind of solution of handling with that. Um, but about tomorrow's stage, is that the one that finished in the F1 course or did they ditch that idea? Because I swear they had that in the past. But I can't uh, see no, it. It, finishes, it finishes on the coast in this Abu Dhabi breakwater. Okay. That's sad. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll take up our idea of a night criterion on an F1 course next year. What about Viviani, Benji? This, someone said to me this is his first World Tour podium at Cofidis. That If that's true, big result for him. I think he had... He had surgery. Um, That's genius. Before, and he, he is looking much better. Yeah, he is. Like, he genuinely is. So like seriously, he, no, no. He looks seriously. He looks good. Yeah, I like. I I really question whether it was that heart issue that caused all the issues last year as well. I don't know what the time frame of that issue is. It was that only the last month or so before the the surgery, or was that something that was across a longer time? So if anybody know that knows that. Explain to me because I'm very interested to know because there's such a significant difference in the way he sprints. Yeah, and he just looks better. <laughs> Three World Tour top fives, including a second out of six stages, and we'll see how he goes tomorrow. Making that split on stage one, coming second today without Sabatini, maybe it helped him. To be honest, just following Bennett, um, but yeah, he looked. He looks a different rider. I know it is. We you did say these races suit him a lot more. I think the Grand Tour sprints are a little bit different sometimes to uh, these pure kittle kittle sprints in <laughs> in the Middle East. But um, still, he looks good. David Decker as well. It's not a it's not a fluke. We we have to accept he's a top sprinter now, Benji. Or is it yeah. too early? Are we? I'm I'm saying right now he's a top level World Tour sprinter, capable of winning Grand Tour pure sprint stages. Yep, I think so as well. I think he's going to win a stage in the Giro. We've said it three times now already. Yep. She's going to keep on saying that, <laughs> just indoctrinating everyone. Decker's going to win a sprint yep. in the Giro. But um, outside of that, I do think that he's uh, he's one of the better sprinters Netherlands has right now, obviously. Um, we'll see if Jakobsen can come out and be competitive again. We all hope that pretty much when it comes to Grunewagen as well. If he hits the road whether he's going to get that level again. But right now, Decker is, is he's not dominating anything or anything, but he's currently riding similar sprints like Akamon is, and he's not launching too early necessarily. But it looks like he's spending a lot of energy pre-sprint though, and it's Zero something that is recurring. Yeah, he has no help here, like, so that's probably the yeah. reason, but... He's also a much larger rider than anybody else, right? He looks like a tank when he's <laughs> know, going he's for a sprint boy. there. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously I did a hype video on him last year. Um, feel pretty proud about doing that. Don't do too many hype videos on the younger riders, but the one, you know, that one seems to have been <laughs> the right rider to pick. <laughs> I didn't even, in that I said, oh, you know, maybe he could go okay in some of the classics next year, you know, maybe a top 10 in, in um you know, Dwarves do a head Hageland. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I hyped him up this much. Um, but he's doing, yeah, he's doing really, really well, David Decker. Gavidia fifth is okay. Nitzola, I've been a little bit disappointed. I actually thought yep. they'd do better. Uh, Caden Grove seventh is nice. As well as Greipel top ten, I actually, I do. That warms my heart a little bit. But that's enough for this stage, stage six of the UAE Tour 2021. We'll see you tomorrow for the last stage of UAE Tour as well as Omelette Men and Women's. It'll be a big day for me. I'm going to be absolutely buckled. So make sure you drop a like on the YouTube video if that's where you listen. 
or give us a review on the Apple Podcasts platform. Uh, but we'll see you then. Ciao.